Welcome to Hash Time with Navguzi Chuanuka. This is a place where we help you unravel social constructs, discuss self-development in line with mental health, emotional well-being, and everything in between that directly or indirectly affects us in the millennial world around us. If you're hearing my voice for the first time and are the kind of person who is not scared of being a better version of yourself even if it requires you to contradict who you were 24 hours ago, consider this your virtual home. I'm your host, Navguzi Chuanuka, and I cannot wait to engage with you in the various conversations. This is the 92nd episode of Hashtag with Namguzi Chuanuka, and today's guest is Chishimba Malisawa. Chishimba is a Zambian author, computer scientist, and a proud Christian. She is passionate about making a difference in society, and this is evident in the content she continues to create and distribute. In this episode, Malisawa, among other things, breaks down for us the best way to handle time and expectations when it comes to relationships. If anything resonates with you during our conversation, reach out to us if anything resonates with you during our conversation remember to share on social media with a hashtag HTNK in session here is our episode Chishimba Malisawa I was a little bit worried about pronouncing Chishimba actually when I saw you making the different ways that people pronounce your name I took it upon myself to pronounce it at least every, every time I see it <laughs> <laughs> At least to pronounce it better. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the different ways that the ridiculous like how did you get that from? Yeah, I mean, I'm oh. <laughs> and being in Europe is like I, I've had the worst pronunciations. <laughs> it's like chi chihimba or chishimber. You know there is an R at the end. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because I mean, accent, people's accents here cannot say the African way. So I have a Kenyan friend here, and she's the only one that makes me feel home when uh-huh. <laughs> she says Chishimba. And I always tell these guys, say, it's just Chishimba. And we just say something else. <laughs> so I stopped trying, but you did great. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. becoming more I don't know I don't know I think it's it's a balance between some people are becoming more traditional mm-hmm. others are becoming more western so uh, people you know you find that someone has a, a western name a traditional name and then a surname so yeah that's a traditional that's name and surname what's the difference I thought <laughs> like a traditional for example I, I wasn't given a western name uh, or an English name, as they call it. Um, I'm just Chishimba Malisawa. But my sisters, I have Mutale Nelly Malisawa. So Mutale is like our first name, and then our English name is Nelly, and then the surname is Malisawa. Did you ever ask your parents why they didn't give you a Western one? I don't know. I, I, I don't know if they ran out or... <laughs> <laughs> But we are only three, so if they ran out, then they, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how. What's the meaning yeah. of Chishimba? Is there a particular meaning? Um. Well, <laughs> it actually means a charm, like something that, 
I know. Mm. I know, I know, but it's it's like a charm. But I interpret that as being charming, you know? You are. Yeah, That's why I'm like, mm. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> they usually say nuns follow people. So when you talk about yeah. it as a chairman, I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm glad you agree. I'm glad you agree. But that was like a, a, something that I was, you know, made, um, made fun of. Uh, you know, people used to make fun of me because of, you know, that. They would be like, you know, it's a charm, you know, a charm. Yeah. And yeah, but now I just, when you grow old, I guess you can twist things in a way that sounds good to you. So. Whoa, so they, <laughs> they, they were taking it in a different way, in a rather negative way? Mm-hmm. That is insane. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, kids, I guess. Kids are ter- I don't know what's wrong with kids. <laughs> there is something I actually wanted to talk about schools. Like, we, I don't know what is wrong I'm with sure. kids in schools. <laughs> let, us get into, let us get into the introduction so that people get to know who I am speaking with. Chishima Malisawa. Mm-hmm. Um, my name is Chishima Malisawa. You said it right. And uh, <laughs> I'm currently in this court, court, court place, uh, Netherlands. I'm here for like just a period of six months. I'm not here for long. Um, I just came to do some project here with EU, and yeah, it's going on great. I'm an author. I've written three books so far, and um, a computer scientist. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm the tech. I'm the tech girl. <laughs> And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian, uh, obviously something I'm proud of. And um, I'm also somebody who's really, really passionate about, you know, making a difference in society. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've tried to run away from that. Like, I, I, I start working on my page, I'm talking to people, and then I try to run away from it. I just start doing my own things. But then God just, you know, rounds me back and says, hey, hey, come back. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's something now I want to take on, like, uh, full time. Yeah, and um, I think it's going so uh, so good so far. So right. yeah, that's that's my my intro. I, exactly. I guess. You you've talked yeah. about being an author, and I also read this in a writing that had been shared on social media, and I found uh-huh. that you had your first book. The first book you published was at twenty, and I was like, goodness, mm-hmm. we are still figuring out <laughs> life at twenty, trying to understand yeah. what adulthood means. At what point did you enjoy that part? Did you ever have that phase of wondering what is it like to be an adult? Because how are you publishing a book at that age? Well, I, I think I've always been, you know, it's, it's, I've always been one of those people that people say you are older than you are, like you are, you think we're older than your age. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so <laughs> initially I was following this, you know, age thing where I, I had so many books I wanted to write. But then I was like, I'm not there yet. And who's going to read something that a 20-year-old writes? Yeah. But then I took my talent, my writing talents to Facebook. And I started writing articles there. And then so many people were intrigued by it. And I saw people who were like 60 reading that. And I was like, you know, um, you know, there's, there's, there's knowledge or there's like a gift that's upon your heart. And yeah. if it's just within you. Even if you are nested at 50, at 14, it will still come out, you know. So I decided to just, you know, write a book. And, you know, ironically, the, the book that I wrote was about um, starting wherever you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. You know, it's called Hence the Future. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, 
you know, um, it was inspired by a certain incident that happened where a certain lady died when when she was in her fourth year. And a lot of people were saying she was just about to start leaving her future. And then she died. And then, you know, I started thinking, I was like, but what if she was already in her future and she didn't know because she was waiting for that. We wait for that point in our lives where we're like, this is my future now, it starts. But the future is not a destination. You know, it is something that you create as you go. And sometimes you might be in that future and you don't know. So make the most of every moment. That's basically what, what the book was saying. And yeah, it was a good, it was a good phase in my life because people were like a 20 year old. Okay. Let's see what she's got to say. (laughs) I'm so sorry, but I don't think I would buy a 20 year old book. Like, hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it it went on great. That is is a huge, mm -hmm. had you seen someone that inspired you? Do you have a particular person that inspires you in as far as writing books is concerned? Well, I think a, a number, um, a number of them, but in different sectors. Like um, for for my writing style, I think I was inspired by Paolo Coelho. I don't know if you know Paolo. Yeah, Ooh, the author I think I've of the seen Alchemist. the name somewhere. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen the book The Alchemist. I've seen it, but I've not read it. Yeah, it's like a timeless book that <laughs> almost everybody has read. I think you should add it to your reading list. Let me. <laughs> I'll try to find good. it. Yeah, um, so this guy actually, he, he writes these books in, in his own way. And I didn't, I wasn't inspired by what, like, his, like the actual way he was writing it. I was inspired in the sense that it was his own self. You know, it doesn't matter, you know, because there are so many standards in life, you know. A book should be this way, a book should be that way, but he just, he just writes it down. Because mostly in my books, there are stories inside. Like, I... I I, I start with the chapter and then I write these stories because I understand that some people learn through, you know, stories and trying to follow that. And so I put that in my book. And then the rest of the chapters are inspirational because I just want to incorporate both. And I realize that I do narrate well as well. So, yeah, I just learned to be original from Paolo Coelho. And then when it comes to deciding to write at 20, there was a person actually on Facebook, when he saw my writings, he was like, you know, you're really good. His name is Harrison Winder. And he used to hype me up so much that I was like, <laughs> yeah, I, sh- I should I should really do this. And then one day I just, I, and I wrote the book in like three weeks because I already had the concept. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I and I was in the and wait, I wait, wait. Let, let us let us first breathe in. Wait, don't don't let us first. What three? How? Yeah, three weeks. Yeah, yeah, three, three, and I was like in the middle of my freshman year in school, and this was a hard class because it determined what you're gonna do after because you are like doing other roles and you have to now choose where you go and people never used to have free time and so that also intrigued people they were like a 20 year old writing a book as a freshman i mean <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah but I, I i just went for it and you know i wrote i wrote the book you know wrote it down and sent it off to be published because i i wrote a first book uh, just before that i think i was somewhere 1918 but then in the, the way that it was written the person I asked to publish it for me said, you know, this this is not, you know, it's not, it's not like a standard, oh, yeah. you know, way of writing inspirational books, you know, but I decided to say, 
it's not standard, but I'm going to go for it. But I was a little bit discouraged, so I started working on a different one, which I, which is actually published. But I hope that, you know, someday I'll, I'll get to publish the one that I did. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, what was the reception yeah, yeah. like for, for, for the first book that you published? It was, it was so good. It was so good because people... And I think, you know, you're like, I'm buying this book because I'm underestimating this 20-year-old. <laughs> but then when you read it, you're like, wow. Right. And I think because people were like, I've never looked at the future in this way because for all of us, it's like the future, I graduate, this is my future. But what if it's right there? Because we don't know, you know, what happens tomorrow. So why don't you like do whatever you want? If, if you want to publish books, publish books. You know, if you want to do this, then, you know, do it as much as you can. Right. Yeah, and it was the reception was good. I found myself on TV. I found myself with newspapers. Whoa. I found myself. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. It was. <laughs> it was a very good, um, a very very good phase of my life. Yeah, yeah. I guess I I really enjoyed that. But you know that was also I think yeah I'll share later on. But that was also <laughs> like what <laughs> why you know when when I started experiencing the rough parts of life that's why it hurts so much because i thought i was there already you know i was i was already a star that's what i thought Ooh. and then you know tables turned and i guess we'll get into that later but yeah it was a good phase <laughs> how long did it last because yeah. we're looking at you launching a book and people are just not expectant of the content that you share you're being taken to tvs and tv i mean yeah. i'm looking at not just children watching or people younger than you are, you're having adults looking mm-hmm. at you. What was it like? What happened in your head? And, and I get it when you say that you felt like you had arrived, but wasn't it confusing, especially for someone in their freshman? And did you feel like, <laughs> ah, I don't think I need this education, man? <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Um, if it, it affected my school maybe a little bit uh, because... I discovered that I, I really love because I, I found myself also speaking. You know, I was invited to organization launches. I was invited to churches. And I found that that was where I was. You know, that this is me. That's what I thought. You know, yeah. I was like, you know, this is, yeah, this is, this is me. This is what I want to do. And then I found myself standing in the library. I'm like, what am I doing here? You know, but <laughs> yeah, it did. And I, I guess I was always ready for it. I, I think I used to have um, maybe um, I, I, I'm a little introverted, maybe not a little. <laughs> I'm introverted, and so most of the times um, my sisters would go out. Everybody is not is not around, and I'd just be by myself. That's where I practice. You know, I'd pretend there's an audience, and then I'm speaking. Is it? You know, I'm speaking. <laughs> I used to do that, and so when the time came. I was, I, I nailed it, you know, the TV interview, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm. and my mom was so surprised, actually, she was like, I didn't know you can even speak English, I'm like, ah! <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, all the comments the parents make, <laughs> oh my god, oh my god, I know, <laughs> also, also, one funny thing that happened, like, I was, I was on TV because I was like on three, those like national TV or like the Zambia national TV. And that's where I was. Uh, there's something called Quacha Good Morning Zambia. 
and then we decided to record, but we couldn't because mom was just like, oh, my child, oh, my child, oh, my child on TV. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> and and, and we, 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 couldn't, we couldn't record. Sorry, I, I, I mostly cry when I'm laughing. It's so. okay. <laughs> but we... <laughs> Yeah, but we, I mean, it was, it was so, it was so emotional for her. And so she was like, oh, why not, auntie? That's like my child in Are you serious? Wait, that sounds like my language, Luganda. Really? Oh, it's a Bantu, right? Exactly. It's a Bantu language. Because oh, when you're talking similar. about your child, now if I'm talking to you as my child, I'll be like, I'm one now, Tishimba. Okay, <laughs> that's so similar. You're like, that's because so similar. my child. Yeah, it sounds like oh, I think wow. we should try sometime and see if we can communicate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I, 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 I went to Zimbabwe uh, to get my visa ready, and their language is also similar to ours. I could get some things. But not everything, but at least... I think I, that's the thing that happens know, with like, the Bantu. So, because sometimes when I'm... The, the times when I used to follow up on the South African drama shows, you'd hear some... <laughs> there would be... I don't know if they were speaking Zulu or Kosa. And you'd be like... Yeah. Wait! That's, that's, I know <laughs> that word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that happens a lot. So you yeah. are a computer scientist and you are mm-hmm. currently working on a project right now in Netherlands. Yeah. And you're also speaking on life, generally. Yeah. Which, <laughs> how are you balancing these three things? Wow. Uh, I guess it is because um, I'm still, I haven't yet, I'm not yet done with university yet. Friend. Yeah. <laughs> not yet done. Um, but I was nominated actually for this project by my school because of like, you know, being proactive and good grades and stuff like that. Uh, so I'm here. Actually, I started with uh, the university I was at initially uh, was a little different from where I am now. And that's also, you know, I, I guess, you know, life happens, you know, Wait a minute. It, it, it does. Wait a minute. <laughs> you changed universities? <laughs> yeah. I did. How how does I that did. work? Because we I get it when someone changes you a school in high school, but then for university, yeah. did that come with a change of course or did you restart? It came with a change of course. Um, yeah, and it was you know one of those crazy crazy times of life. Yeah, because you you tend to feel like you fall behind, and um, I was at a different university, and I was I I, I was feeling like I'm not supposed to be here you know just all of those like my mental health was not you know in in the place it needed to be and I just felt like I don't need to be here and I need to be somewhere different you know but it took it took time and I experienced you know like I I was this kid who was like so smart back in school like breaking records in my district you know mathematics physics whatever and then I found myself in university and I I was I was failing to you know to to attend the same grades that I would attend and so it was I used to pass yes but by by a long shot like (laughs) it was like so not so good not so good really and 
I used to find myself in that place. I'm like, am I really supposed to be here? And yeah, I was just not happy, you know, and I decided to change. And my mom was not okay with that. <laughs> Nobody was actually. They were like, I mean, you're already going ahead in this. Why can't you just finish? But then in my mind, I was just like, I'm not happy here. Mm. You know, and a lot of people don't really understand that you know they are like you have this hundred percent sponsorship the government is sponsoring you why don't you just finish and i'm like i'm i'm at a place where i'm not happy and there is that's, nothing that's so prestigious thing. in an african home when a child is being sponsored by the government <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> and so yeah i had to do that and i felt a little bit alone um when i was making that decision because not everybody was on board but you know, as time went by, they understood why I had to make the decision. Yeah, and yeah, that was that was really a rough patch of my life. But once I moved to my like new university, that's when everything came back to normal. Like awards started started pulling in, opportunities started pulling in, and I'm now like blossoming in the way that I'm supposed to. But I needed to leave the place where I was to be where I am now. Yeah. So when it comes to balance, I mean, it's it's easy. Like, it's, it's very easy because, I mean, what I'm doing is I, I talk to people, like, someone comes with a problem, I'm able to tackle it. And some of them, if, it's, if, it, if I can help to some degree, you know, I help them for an extended period of time. I'm posting this on Facebook. I'm writing this uh, on Facebook. And I do balance really well, I feel, you know, because it's, like, something I'm passionate about. And here... Uh, it's also something I'm passionate, like I'm, I'm pursuing passion both ways because technology, I'm doing something with uh, autonomous driving, like driverless vehicles. That's like, yeah. That, Is that the project you're working the, on? Yeah, that's the project it's I'm like working on with some of the team. Yeah, like research into like how it can penetrate the market. And yeah, mostly in Japan because Japan is like the hub of vehicle manufacturing because of honda and mitsubishi and all that yeah yeah so yeah trying to dive into that and it's something that really interests me you know how can we incorporate that in japan how can we incorporate in it in africa and everything so it's it's really cool you know and so i'm doing the things i love and i also you know learned organizing myself you know, it's a very good skill, and I think I'm going to write this in my next book. <laughs> yeah, it's a what very is good organizing skill. oneself? Just being like. organized. I mean, knowing when to do what, you know, because it's, it's, it's very easy to... I think everybody needs that skill, even if you don't work. I think it's just good to have certain kind of order in life, and it's something that people do here a lot. You know, people here have order, and it's, it's, it's so amazing to see. Like, everything is organized in a way, and it's very easy to navigate things around here, you know, and so, you know, I think, yeah, my next book will be probably, you know, centered around being an organized person. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah. And I mean, Definitely, I'm, I'm talking, trying to work on that. Cause if you're hurts. talking about organization mm-hmm. and defining it as knowing when to do what, and Having you make yeah. that hard decision to walk away from the first university, I'm like, hey, you know, there, <laughs> in most homes, everyone, in families, people would be talking, hey, what happened? She was thriving. She's now turning into a failure. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a mess. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how, yeah. how you managed to handle all that noise and you stayed firm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't in Italy. <laughs> Because I also didn't understand what was happening. All I knew was that 
you know, I don't need to be here. I need to be in a different place. And I could feel it within myself. And I think this is why people drive themselves to, like, people think you're happy, but you're really not because people define happiness differently from what you experience yourself. So I was like, I'm not happy here. Yeah, 100% sponsorship or or whatever but i am not really happy and like i said i was coming from a place where i was like the best student in my class and everything and so people that's why you know that people really hurt on you you know and then they started spreading it to say you know she 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 couldn't make it you know she she failed you know we know she failed that's why she left we know she you know she did that and you know it's the book it's the book and actually that's what you know, was because my mom was like, "It's I think it's the books that you're writing that's doing this," and I'm like, "That, but the books are the things that are making me happy." Right. <laughs> and yeah, it was like a, it was a really difficult phase because people were like, "Maybe you have you have divided your attention too much." I knew what was at stake because I knew I was studying. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew I was doing all that I could do. I knew I was I was not a bad person in university. I was just doing everything right, but there was just that I wasn't just happy, you know, and um, I've noticed that, you know, it happens with so many people, especially school, because people are just like, I'm sponsored by the government. Because what happens mostly in these universities is like, even if you're studying what you don't love, as long as the government is sponsoring you, you just have to power through. We have that. And that affects us. We have that. Uh-huh. that, that you find, someone, you find uh-huh. someone pursuing education a bachelor's i think i think it i think it's called a bachelor's mm-hmm. in education and those are the people yeah. that become teachers and they don't want to do these yeah. things but because the government offered no. them that they just take it we have exactly that. exactly and and that that does affect because I, I i started now talking to students you know who are there and whenever i'd get an opportunity because i used to you know interact with people and they would tell me to say you know i didn't come to do this here like somebody has political ambitions but he's doing biology i'm like okay <laughs> you know <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense and what happens sometimes is a friend of mine was telling me that the sister couldn't make it in a certain field like she was supposed she was pursuing business but then yeah because the government like put out the scholarship because she didn't uh, do well, they would now want to take her to do nursing. You know, you, you just like <laughs> she was doing business administration and then she's now being taken to do nursing. Like that, how does that even make sense? Yeah, so I think it's <laughs> it's really, it's really crazy. And a lot of people are just stuck there because it's a degree, you know, I'm just gonna, you know, pursue this. And you have that affects us mentally. So that is why the people that I mentor, like youngsters trying to go in, in university, I tell them, you know, just do something you love or at least something closer to what you love. Yeah. You know, at least, you know, strive to get there because at the end of the day, you underperform or you're not performing in any way, you know, and that's that's how it is. So, you know, it's good to walk away. You can walk away because I love, I, I was doing pure mathematics actually on my first university. I love math. But um, <laughs> I still wasn't, you know, getting. But I, 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 I think I'll do that at my masters. Wait up! <laughs> so when you're doing pure maths at the university, what are you looking at for the future? Are you gonna become an accountant? What is that like? Doing pure maths and the future? Oh yeah, it's um, pure math is like sometimes you can tutor. Uh, other times you can like work in the statistics offices. Like you can work virtually almost anywhere because math is everywhere mm-hmm. yeah in a bank you can yeah 
depends on what you decide to to major in yourself but it's, it's it's like a good project but not very appreciated in africa yeah because most people just end up being teachers and and all that but yeah math is good i i mean i love math i'm passionate about it but then i decided to leave and do something else also because so i entered into computer science and yeah i can say it's it's good <laughs> it's good you recently good. moved when when yeah. you recently moved to the netherlands what are some of the things that you may have experienced as culture shock oh tell me about that like uh, <laughs> you can because um for for the same projects like at the university that's where we are and so you find that maybe you're mixed uh, with uh, other students and then this you know coach we call them project coaches Right. This project coach would say, okay, now, and that's a class where they're like 18-year-olds, 20-year-olds, and all, and then he would say, no, let's take a smoking break. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> normal. Like, it's more normal than anything. It's, a smoking break? It's like you smoke. Yeah. A smoking break. <laughs> a literal smoking break. <laughs> you take a break, you go and smoke. It's, yeah. How long <laughs> is that? I mean, maybe 15 minutes. You know, and you're smoking, you are so. interacting. <laughs> yeah, at the at the outside of the university, there are always students smoking. Yeah, right there. It's and for Chishima <laughs> who doesn't smoke, what do you do in that time? Just confused. You're looking at people like, "Are you guys serious?" Yeah, I'm like, yeah. And if you find somebody who's not going to smoke, you're like, "Oh, thank God you don't smoke." It's like, no, I am actually an occasional smoker, but I do smoke. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but I have one friend in particular who doesn't, and at least we, we, we at least we interact during smoking breaks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and parties like parties are normalized. They the 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 um, the coaches organize parties and students organize parties. It's like so normal, and yeah. But for me, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's that's great. <laughs> You shared it's shocking. about a month ago. You shared something about time, and you spoke uh-huh. about how I'm going. We, I think we're going to tackle it. We're going to tackle both videos that you shared, and these were shared uh-huh. about a month ago, and they're all in relation That's to right. relationships. We are in uh-huh. a situation. I don't know what's happening in the Zambian circles. But what I see uh-huh. so much on our social media, especially in Uganda, we're having people, hey, I don't even know what word to use. <laughs> there seems to be deep hate or dislike for relationships. And uh-huh. people are more like fighting each other. The post that you see is this gender, that gender, this gender. <laughs> just like, what is going yeah. on? And I was just talking to someone last, last, last yesterday, and I told him that it does not make sense how people are talking about, was it last week? Who was I talking to now? I feel like I talk, I talk to so many people. <laughs> I was talking to someone, and... Yeah. The problem is that I always want to be specific. Now I can't. I'm really trying to figure out who it was. But I was telling him that it does not make sense how we are telling people that enter relationships but don't have expectations. 
Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> like, yeah, you, yeah, see, yeah. you see, you see, you <laughs> see these posts, and it's not just one. You're seeing it from a man. You're seeing them mm-hmm. from women. And you're like, from a woman. Yeah. Dude, what is going on? Am I in a wrong generation? <laughs> Yeah, I'm feeling yeah. too much. <laughs> and then you also shared a uh, yeah. a bit about time. I think I don't know what better order we can tackle that. Should we go first with the time and then go into expectations? Um, I think well, <laughs> depending on. Are <laughs> uh, you want me to? Yeah, I think I'm down for any. <laughs> All right, let, 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 let's get into the time bit. When you shared, you talked about how you'd asked the people that you're speaking to to share about when exactly they would want to get married. And I yeah, swear, right. when I when I had the question in my head, I was also like, that's a thing? Okay, when when should it be? And I thought to myself, mm-hmm. I thought, I thought I was like, which is the best month, man? What is the best month to choose? <laughs> and when I was thinking, yeah. I was still figuring it out yeah. while listening to you. And you're like, it's not that. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, wow. No. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like I like making my audience, you know, yeah, that's that's my delivery style whenever I'm speaking somewhere. I ask people to do something. I know they are not really, like most of them are going to get it wrong because it's a, it's just a perception, you know, it's not the actual thing. Yeah. Yeah, and it's 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 all about, for us, it's all about time, you know, like I've, I've seen, you know, a lot of people, it's, it's just, about, they don't care about chemistry. They don't care about anything. It's just like, it's time, you know, it's, I'm, 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 I'm 30. Um, but who said that you should get married at this age? You know, why do we feel behind when we have, like, nobody has been you before. So who knows when you are supposed to be in this place? You know, you are you and you're still figuring yourself out how you're, you are living your life, you know, and this, this is like, you've never lived this life before. So you don't know when the right time for you is unless you meet the right person, because that's what marriage is about. You know, and we see a lot of, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of, you said in Uganda, like, you know, all this relationship drama. And in Zambia, it's it's so, like, we use actual real life <laughs> examples to explain. Because videos circulate where, you know, this person, this husband kills the wife. And it's just so bad. You know, this husband does this because he found the wife or this wife does that. You know, it's actually so sad. But it's happening because people are just rushing to do things. Right. You know, they don't care about chemistry. They don't care about anything else as long as it's time. And that is where we make all of these mistakes. So I think, um, I think I, I, I experienced that because when, you know, I was young, I never wanted anything to do with relationships. I was like this reserved girl. Yeah. I was like, no. And I used to, you know, be, you know, the, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, no, I don't want to have anything to do with relationships until high school. Until I like, I I'm out of high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought. And then when you know there was a phase where I was like, okay, now I'm ready. And when I thought I was ready, I wasn't meeting anybody <laughs> I liked. <laughs> and I was like, really? Okay, okay, okay. And I was like, and then people are like, oh, why aren't you in a relationship? We thought you said after school. I'm like, no. Now it's when I'm in university and now I was in university, I still <laughs> didn't meet anyone I liked. I was like, Oh, okay. And at, to some extent, I also tried to, you know, just because, cause I'd go on dates with people like guys who would ask you, like the first thing he asks you is, can you cook? I'm Ooh. like, I'm out of here. <laughs> exactly. You know, that's, 
that's you know some zambian men would say i want a typical african girl it means they want somebody who can cook who can clean but you know why is that the most important thing to you like yeah we can talk about that yes i cook i clean but why should that be like the priority thing you ask you know yeah. and i knew that okay this guy is a problem you know and so i just you know I'm like, okay, am I really going to meet someone now? <laughs> and I was like, did I really make a mistake? I should have started dating in sixth grade. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I think, because of my life. I think I've thought, yeah. of, I thought, I've thought about that in that manner because I had a period <clears throat> where I, 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 I struggled with a heartbreak. And then mm-hmm. yeah. I, I got into a phase of closing out my emotions. And then I realized that yeah. I was actually, I had so, so many pent up feelings or rather emotions that I hadn't dealt with. Yeah. And then I started my healing journey mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, so I think I am now okay. Let us yeah. come back to the field. And you're like, <laughs> ha, I can't much. What is going on? <laughs> And then I'm hearing stories <laughs> of people that are coming mm-hmm. from having relationships right from school. There are probably you're looking at someone who is like 34 years old and they're talking about how yeah. they've been together for 20 years. And I'm like, you guys, I was supposed mm-hmm. to be in this thing a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but our African, yeah, our like, African oh, society does I? not, I don't think we are given an allowance to do that. I think mostly no, what happens, no. where that really happens is mostly amongst the Americans or people that aren't really bred on the continent. Yeah. Here, yeah. doom, friends, you are going to be punished. <laughs> what are you doing with a boy? <laughs> yeah, what are you doing with a boy? Yeah, yeah. That, that hide and seek was also something I never really wanted to do. I was like, oh, I shouldn't. It's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah but i i was i was also regretting i was like maybe i should have taken this up early and you know i was looking at that it's okay i think it's okay to be in a phase where you're like i'm relationship ready but it shouldn't be a defining factor to say i should just be in a relationship you know because i think there's there's just a lot to learn i mean if i was in a relationship because i was a feminist uh, <laughs> a bad feminist because <laughs> i was like no 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 i cannot cook for a man and all you know, that was when I was like, maybe five years ago, you know, because I had, I was still discovering myself. I was still trying to know which voices to listen to. Yeah. I was still trying to, you know, figure out what is this kind of marriage. I don't know if you read my book, The You Power. No, I haven't. It's a book for ladies. I haven't had access to, to the books. Yeah, I think I will share The You Power with you because it was uh, actually inspired by like the phases I had to go because it's a book for ladies and it's the you power designing the lady you want to become as a title. And it's these phases that I went through until I realized that, you know what, you know, we say we want women to be free, but when you say feminism, you're still putting them in the box to say, be this, you know, be that. And it's always like that for women, you know, so why can't you just design the woman you want to be? If you, if you want to have a degree and cook for your husband, then that's your thing. You know, mm-hmm. if you want to have a degree and not cook for him, that's yours. Right. You know, all that matters is that you sort yourself out. And most importantly, who is the kind of man you marry? You know, is he, is he supportive of you? Is And, and that's one of the keys, you know, uh, it's a disservice actually to be, to, to get married to a particular person who you don't match just because, you know, it's, it's time, you know? So 
I talk about, you know, all of those aspects of life because I realize that we always try to put women in a box. Like I said, you know, feminism is a box, another box and another box. So just be who you have to be. Right. And that came from a place where I was still discovering. And I still, you know, tell my current boyfriend that, you know, if I met you like maybe five years ago, <laughs> this wouldn't have worked because I was still having these perceptions of life to say, okay, this and this and this. Because when the relationship is so good, you're like, why didn't I meet you earlier, you know? But <laughs> you wouldn't have liked you think, me. Yeah? I mean, <laughs> you, think about, you think about how toxic you were, and you're like, mm, this wasn't going to work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was like, no, it wasn't going to work because I was still listening to so many voices, and I was like, who should I be? And now I figured myself out. You know, I'm like, this can work and this can work. And also fusing you in, and now I see, you know, that, you know, this and this, and this is who we have to be. And this, this is, you know, all that learning. And still, when you meet someone, you still have a lot of learning to do, mm-hmm. you know, but sometimes we're in this phase where we're like, like for me, because um, of who I was a mentor and everything, I was like, you know, I know relationships, you know, I know them, but you know, <laughs> experience also like adds on to that and you learn new things. And yeah, I have learned a lot of things that I didn't know. Yeah, but still I am myself, you know, I can still thrive and yet be in a relationship. And that's what something I was looking for, you know, not somebody who would would be like, oh no, what are you doing? You know, why are you succeeding? You know, why are you, you know, because some guys would even ask you why you're succeeding. And then, yeah. you know, you meet somebody who's supportive of you, somebody who doesn't believe in, you know, so many norms that, you know, just society believes in. And for sure, because some guys will also lie just to make you happy because they look at you and like, oh, this is an ambitious woman. So I'm just going to say things, you know, mm. <laughs> in actual sense, they're not that way. So I think I put him in a vetting process. I mean, I vetted the guy. I was like, oh, mm, 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 mm. you're going then... to give me those tips of vetting. You're going to share the tips. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you, you got to vet. I mean, you have to. I mean, you have to. You have to vet them. <laughs> and then say, okay, I can throw. I, I see myself um, building you, and I see you building me. So, yeah, this this could work. Yeah, so I think it, it, it really takes time, but you have to be open to that, to learning also about the person, about situations. and Yeah, but it's it's good. But I, I don't believe in timelines anymore because I believe there's something I like saying that is if you don't have something, then you're not ready for it. You know, because at a particular time, I was like, God, if I'm ready to get, why are you just sending me guys that are not, you know, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Because sometimes, and, you know, sometimes you feel it, like my sisters were like, oh, come on. Like, I, they would see a guy interested, they'll be like, ooh, look at the vehicle he drives. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one. I was like, no. <laughs> no, this is not the one. Yeah. And... They were like, oh, yeah, dear, too choosy. Like one of my sisters gave up on me. She was like, oh, do whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think, I think nothing is gonna work for you. Yeah, because. But I was like, you'll see. <laughs> right. I think there will be yeah this person. Yeah, but that's 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 just how it is. You know, timelines we, will frustrate you. When we get to mm-hmm. talk about the expectations and yeah the lack of communication thereof. Yeah. You you you, yeah. you you elaborated that so well, and how we imagine that people, the people that we are in relationships with, are omnipotent. 
<laughs> they are omnipresent. Like they're psychic. Like we, exactly. Yeah. Like we're gonna. We're, we're just expect them to be everywhere around us and fathom all these things going mm-hmm. on in our heads. Can you tackle on that? Yeah. I mean, um, like I said, I I talked about learning, and I think also something also may probably that inspired my book was I realized that you know there's this code. I don't know if it's a girl code or something. I don't know, but mm-hmm. it's like as a girl, you just you just like I think it knows what is going on. You know, they like they teach you not to not to communicate yourself, not to like a girl is reserved. You know, but you I don't think it also you don't comes say from the African setting. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Where we don't exactly. have a voice. Uh-huh. I mean yeah. do, when I was in school and I'm just thinking about this. Uh-huh. When I was in school, I was open to say anything. If I read yeah. ahead and the teacher said something that does not match with what I read, I'm, I'm putting up my hand. I'm like, but this book says this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then I go yeah. back and forth arguing. And this usually happened in history. And I think this is when, that's how I realized that I actually love stories. And, yeah. and then one time, this kid, I think, I don't know what break it was, lunch or that mid midday break and she was like where do you get the audacity to argue with a teacher yeah i think you are you are a spy you know when you have students in schools that (laughs) yeah that are the ears that are the ears of the staff room or something like that and she was so confident she was like you can't do that and i was like but how then do you communicate what it is that is in your mind exactly and it comes from mm-hmm. someone's upbringing. Now, for me, yeah. the system that I was brought up in, and I've only noticed it a few years ago, that my experience of life is mm-hmm. almost extremely different from other girls. Where I could mm-hmm. say anything, yeah. girls are timid. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about things, and they're like, no, you can't say that. You can't tell a man that you like them. I'm like, huh? Uh-huh. Then what do you do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> yeah you don't have to seem like you love a guy so much i mean where does that come from like if if he thinks you love you a lot you love him a lot but how will he know like it should be mutual you know i i just i just but i i was like that too you know because you know going in the relationship i was like girls say these things you know and of course some of the things you overcome but some of the things you are human you just pick them up as you go and i realized that and actually he is the one who actually told me those things you know because i was going in and i was upset and he didn't know and then he calls me on the phone and he's so excited he's like hey babe i'm like hello and he's like what 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 happened you know did i do something what happened and then i was like i was upset with you and he's like what do you mean by that? <laughs> what did i do <laughs> Like, didn't you see that before I hung up, I was like, my voice was low, and I was like, <laughs> okay. I was like, but how do I? <laughs> and then he was like, you know, this is not the way that things are supposed to be. You know, if you're upset with me. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, it, <laughs> I was, you reminded me, I was, I was with my cousin's uh-huh. brother, and <laughs> uh-huh. he was texting with. <laughs> He, this is now the wife, but that time they were just dating. Yeah. So they were texting, uh-huh. and then he went off the phone and he started looking around like. So I was like, "Yo, what's up?" <laughs> and he said that she she is saying we fought. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
And he was trying to look like he was trying to remember. He checked the older text yeah. and he couldn't find it. I was like, same with fault. Yeah. And I'm coming like nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, no, my tone, the tone of my goodbye was not okay, but you told me to sleep. Yeah, I told you to sleep because I was upset with you. I was like, but what, 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 I don't understand. I'm like, okay, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and then we had to talk about it. And actually, it was like, you just have to tell me, you know, if you don't tell me, I won't know. And you'll be dying with things inside. If you want me to do something for you, just tell me. You know, you are safe here. And I think that that is the, also the environment that men have to create because they have to understand that these things sometimes we just pick them up as we grow. You know, it's just, this is just what, what you think it's supposed to be because we cannot neglect the fact that we are raised the way we are, mm-hmm. you know, and people around us. Are the way. We can copy Western culture. We can copy it to some extent, but it doesn't change the home you grew up in. Right. It doesn't change your view of love. It doesn't change your view of so many things, you know. So I think men have to create that space to say, open up. And that's something that I really appreciate that I have in my relationship because it's like, just tell me if, right. if you don't. And it's so much, it makes me so much free. You know, because I know that if he does something, I'm calling it out. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that is it. And I'm upset and I communicate my feelings. And that's so much better. It it's it lifts a weight over of you. It does. Than trying to be dramatic, I guess. we, we, we. This is what men mean when they say women are dramatic. <laughs> it's not because we're not feeling it. It's because we're not saying it. You know, and so somebody would think you're upset unnecessarily because they don't know. So... It's always important to actually talk to them. And this is, I think this manifests itself in so many ways where women think like men are these, you know, superpowers, omnipotent thing, people well, that they present themselves like, to be the ones on top exactly. of the hierarchy. So exactly. my master, please, don't you know that I'm struggling now? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that's also the problem with men, you know, I think... Like, there's a huge gap here because, you know, men have this ego and, you know, because they'll be like, I didn't do anything wrong and so I'm not going to apologize. And women have this, you know, I don't know if it's a, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's this expectation maybe, you know, and this, these men have this ego. And so that causes so many potential relationships to end when they are not supposed to. I think a lot of relationships end when they are not supposed to. And mostly because the problem is small. You just can't figure that space out, you know, because you have to, you know, come together in a way. And so the expectations that we have as women, I mean, and the ego of, of a man, I think if a man lowers his ego and the women lower the expectation, I think so many things could work. Do we get to lower the know, expectations so I think, or do we get to communicate them? Um, There are healthy expectations right. and there are unhealthy expectations. Yeah, there are expectations where... I feel there are certain things that make me feel loved, for example, and also love language communication. Ladies mm-hmm. mostly don't. They just expect a man to know. And I think this is something you need to talk about with, with your partner. You're like, you know, uh, for me, my love language is quality time. So you might think you you are loving me by, you know, just communicating. But I also want to see you. You know, and so many ladies are like that. You know, a man would like see you today after a month, after a week, you know, as some guys are like that. But then if you want to see the person, ladies don't say that. 
And so they'll they'll um, accuse the man of cheating. They'll be like, I think you cheated on me because you don't see me often. When you just want to see them often, you can communicate that. You know, so the communication aspect should be there, you know, and the expectations of what you think a man already knows. And some of these guys are even new in relationships. He doesn't know anything. <laughs> and then you are having all of these expectations. So you need to communicate them. You say, you know, if you tell me nice things, I feel love. I mean, I say that, you know, if you tell, I'm a words person. If you tell me something nice, oh my God. I'm gonna feel loved, you know. I'm a quality time person. If you if if you if you spend so much time with me, I'm gonna feel loved, mm-hmm. and that that's that's it. So you need to study yourself. You need to know yourself. You know to say, okay, what is it that he does that makes me feel good? And then you tell him to do it more. It should be the same in every other thing. You know, you talk to him, and he knows it. And also men, again, should also communicate. But I think it's easier for a man because mostly they are the ones who are leading. Right, you know, if he right, wants right. something, he'll be like, if he wants to see you, he'll be like, I want to see you, and he will come. Exactly. But for a woman, if you want to see a man, it's like, oh, but if, if I tell him, he's going to think I love him too much, so I'm just not going to. You know, <laughs> and what yeah. is wrong with that, though? <laughs> what is wrong with that when you're in a relationship with someone? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So just communicating actually you know crazy expectations where you want someone to do like crazy crazy things for you that are unrealistic you also need to fit yourself and say okay these are unrealistic and these are okay you know so i think just that communication aspect really helps in relationships and you know lowering your expectations you know men too have expectations but i think the problem mostly is the women's expectations mm-hmm. and the man's ego you know, it's like, I, I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to apologize. I don't want to, you know. So I think that balance really helps. And I think good relationships exist. There's something that I, I, I learned actually from the man. He, he said to me that, you know, because even high, you know, I was like a little bit skeptical. Like, I, I vet. I vetted him a lot. <laughs> and he, was, he told me to say, you know what? Good relationships exist. But the problem is that the people who are vocal, are the ones in bad relationships. Right. They're the ones who speak out the most. They're like, oh, my boyfriend did this. The bad oh, after the divorce, faster. they make a TikTok. The <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they make a TikTok of their divorce process. They never made a TikTok of their wedding process. They never made a TikTok of this beautiful union. You know, they'll just uh, make, you know, this TikTok and then, yeah, that's that's what's common, but good relationships do exist. And if you're really looking for it, then you are going to find it and learn from those people that are having good relationships. And so I even ask myself to say, if, if I am actually experiencing something that's actually, like, I'm happy here, so I can be vocal too. I can try to say something to someone, hoping that they would, you know, learn a thing or two. Yeah, but, you know, this, I, I think relationships are dynamic, but there are certain things that we can really learn yeah. and make right. So you pointed out <laughs> something that I find very important. When you talk about self-awareness, and the other beat mm-hmm. is something that I summarized as self-assessment. I feel like mm-hmm. we lack these moments of ourselves. We mm-hmm. mostly look at, you know, in the generation of social media, you're looking at what someone yeah. is doing what someone is receiving from their partner and 
because yeah. it makes them feel good we already want to tap into i mean we're, you're looking at the comment section and they're like i tap into this blessing i tap into this yeah. blessing yeah. but <laughs> what makes what makes you happy because when i see that chishimba has gotten flowers personally yeah. i don't understand flowers i'm going to look at your post and i'm like okay okay she's happy but can you actually take me out and we have pork Exactly, exactly, exactly. So I find that mm-hmm. we are tied in a system that pressurizes us to be or rather compete with someone else's post. They probably mm-hmm. post about something they received. They got a car. But do you really, 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 really want a car? Or is there something else that you need? You know? So uh-huh. it does make sense when you talk about the mm-hmm. bit of self-awareness and then the bit of self-assessment as well which would help you to Mm -hmm. be more self-aware. It really makes sense when it comes to, before you enter a relationship, because you're going to get in there, you do not have an awareness of yourself and you're asking this person to be aware of you. No. (laughs) You're asking them to be God. So I think you need to communicate. And and also relationships are phases. Like there are people who who have, like they have a lot of money and they are able to afford that. But is your man really in that financial place? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, what can he afford to give you? And I think that helps. And also something that helps is it's not always that you apply what you see to yourself. I mean, there are certain, and this happens when you learn to be genuinely happy for others. You know, if you see your friend having a car, you know, you just say, oh, lovely, you guys are nice. You, you guys are, you know, doing fine. It doesn't mean that that's something that should happen to you. Just be happy for them. Right. You're happy that someone is happy. That's all. That's done. You don't have to bring that baggage to your boyfriend's <laughs> inbox again. You say, you know, but, you know, this guy gave an SUV, you know. Where is he going to get the SUV? <laughs> you know, so for me, if I see something good and I know that we are not there yet, I'm like, this is good. You comment, you, you like, whatever. But that doesn't mean it should happen to you too. You know, that's just something it, it, it makes it. But your, your, your man or the man you're with can also find a way to make you feel happy as well. So you need to be appreciative of different phases, mm-hmm. you know. But ladies want first month of a relationship, the guy buys them an iPhone. Hey! And second month of a relationship, this happens. That's, that, those are the expectations that we have. And that's not it. You know, and we tend to pressurize these men into, you know, give me this, give me that. And then also, you know, for, for men as they are dating someone, you know, it's, 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 it's very, you are not like, you're not dating that person to give them things. And so even in your manifesto, I don't know what, if you know manifesto, like in your, in your, <laughs> yeah, in, your in your pursuit, you shouldn't, like I saw guys make this mistake, like a guy coming to me. And then swinging his car keys and saying, you know, I like you, you know, (laughs) why are you using the car keys? Is it (laughs) so when you want me, you are actually telling me that you come with a car (laughs) and if the car goes, then you're half, you're half who you're presenting to me to be. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and that's what guys do nowadays. Like they lure you in with what they have. Mm-hmm. And then when they lose it, they expect you to stay how. But if you give me your personality first, I'm like, this is the guy. Even if you don't have that, I'll still stay with you. Mm-hmm. And that's that's 
you know, it's not about money, you know, it's not every girl who's pursuing that. I've realized that most women are just, uh, some, maybe 50%, just want to be with someone who loves them, that's all. And maybe another 50 might want to be with someone with money. But you also have to know the lady you're pursuing to say, this is what she wants, or this is what I want. So it's like a a two-way thing. But you really have to present who you are to someone, not the car keys. Yeah, guys do that. Hi, what's your name with your car keys swinging? That is so lazy. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And so these are the dynamics, actually. Mm -hmm. What does self-care mean to you when you look at yourself, your life generally as Chishima right now? What does self-care mm-hmm. mean to you? And this is in as far as looking at how you take care of your mental health to help you to keep steady on your feet. Mm-hmm. I, I think one is communication. I think you don't have to be timid in this life. If you don't explain, if you don't say what you want, you always expect people to step on you. You always expect people not to you know, do what you want to do. Like I'm here and this is like a whole, you know, Probably you have to walk a lot of blocks to see another black person, you know. But your self-image of yourself matters. You know, how how am I seeing my, my point? Is it valid? You know, what I would say, will it add to this project? Will it add to this? And that was one of the things I was asked, actually, as I was, you know, being prepared for this trip. I was asked if you are in a boardroom and there are, like, seven white people and you're the only black person and they agree on something would you still disagree and i said yeah and i still find myself in that place like other people are like yeah 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 i'm like no that's not gonna happen no i think this and i explain myself and i'm like oh actually that is a point and so if you are always there and expecting people actually i even made a video um in the morning about something like this i'm gonna post it yeah. you know it's not we it's, most of the times we, we, we expect things to have we expect other people to do things for us when in actual sense it is our responsibility to do that and so this is something that you need to get off of your chest you need to communicate and communicate effectively speaking is not just you know, speaking is speaking, but communication means somebody is actually getting what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So you need to learn. I communicate my mind. I communicate myself. And I don't leave anything to chance. I'm not like, maybe it's going to happen. Whatever I I feel I have the power to control, I control. I make sure that I put my input, you know. And number two, um, of course, not in order, but prayer as well. I yeah. mean, God is, uh, yeah, God... God is good, if I say that. And it's good for your mental health to look up to God, you know, because like most people who don't believe in God, it's like, it's just more powerful than you, who has got your back. You know, someone who's more powerful, who's mightier, who's smarter and wiser than you has your back. It helps. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just leave. If, if it's too much for me, I'm just like, God, this is for you. You know, so prayer helps me and also being organized, I think helps because I don't like, you know, I, I have to do this in the morning. I have to do this. Even posting on Facebook is, is something I organize, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like this time I'm going to do this, this time I'm going to, because if I come home and I'm exhausted, I know that maybe on Tuesdays I'm exhausted. I'm not going to start uh, overbearing myself with things on that particular time. So I think also organization really helps me and gratitude, actually gratitude is key. You know, um, 
I'm grateful for life. I'm grateful for who I am. I'm grateful for the timeline. You know, I believe I'm not too early. I'm not too late. I'm just on time, mm-hmm. you know. And also maybe the last thing um, I would say is this thing. I say all for good. It's all for good. You know, everything happens for good for they who love God. It's all for good. I believe everything that happens, you know, you have the ability to look at it positively and everything in life has a silver lining. So whatever happens, I'm like, okay, it happened, but it's sad. And I allow myself to feel, you shouldn't deny yourself that if something bad happens, allow yourself to feel, you know, feel sadness, you know, because at the end, people think if you don't feel sad about something, then you are a star or you have mastered your mental health, but that's actually denying yourself of that. We don't, we don't uh, study mental health in order to be invincible. We study mental health in order to know how to best handle it, mm-hmm. you know? So if something bad happens, I allow myself to feel this is bad, but then I quickly, you know, the quicker the, the reaction time you have, you know, I quickly react and I'm like, okay, this is for good. But first I allow myself to feel, and that's a very important part, yeah. you know, but I believe that everything happens for good really yeah and what would you mm-hmm. want the listener to walk away with at the end of the episode it just just be be yourself that's that's the only way that you have a chance to stand out in this life that's the only way that you have a chance to enjoy life actually if you are yourself you know do whatever makes you happy and um yeah learn to communicate learn to to feel learn to be appreciative of everything that you have yeah just be yourself if you pray pray um and just have a positive outlook on life because everything's gonna be okay i think i am one person who was at the vage and i was like is everything gonna be okay but mm-hmm. you know all those moments you cry yourself to sleep all those moments where you know things are like not going your way but just know that it does get better and it does and I am like a living testimony of that. And I'm sure you are also a living testimony of I that. Am. Thing. It does. It does get better. So, yeah, that I think the phrase I want them to walk away with is that it does get better. It does get better. It always does. It's awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so for the people that meant, is there a possibility of people having access to your books? Yeah, I did have a website, but then uh, I, I took it down a bit. Uh, because of some maintenance I was doing, I was trying to rearrange everything and rebrand. Yeah, but then now I think maybe just going to my Facebook page and then inboxing me, then they can have a copy of of the books. So they can just inbox me on on there. I have three books actually. Hence the future, intentional healing. Intentional healing was written after I had some rough patches of life, and yeah. then yeah, you know, yeah, it's it's all about healing and. Yeah, it's all about the intention. When we say time is a healer, time is a platform. It's not a healer. Mm-hmm. It's like saying time will make you rich. It's true, but it depends on what you do in that time. That's what will make you rich. Same with healing. You know, you time can heal you, but it matters what you do in that time in order right. to heal. Right. So the intention applied to the healing. That's what I talk about in my second book. And then my third one is The You Power, a book for ladies. And yeah, so they can just inbox me on Facebook. The hard copies are all done. I mean, yeah, I sold all of them. <laughs> but then, yeah, the soft copies are there and they can easily just inbox me and then I can I can give it to them. Oh, for free? Uh, no, there's like $3 for three. Exactly. Because, 
I was like, wait, what? <laughs> just inbox you? Because now how are they going to be able to make a transaction? You'll be, you'll be providing ways of payment? Yeah, yeah. Okay. They are... So, yes. for anyone that wants to get in touch with you and they want to have copies of your books, they should look for Chishimba Malisawa. Malisawa. Yes, H. Malisawa. <laughs> oh my God. Chishimba Malisawa. How do I get yeah. this wrong at the end? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for your time, Chishimba. Thank you. I've really had a good time. I mean, I feel refreshed actually. <laughs> doesn't happen sometimes after an interview if you're exhausted but I feel the brain I'm like so happy <laughs> alright yeah. do you have a good day sure you too thank you so much for having me my takeaway from this episode is that much as it gets better with time what makes it better is actually the work that you do while you wait. So if you're in the process of healing and you're waiting for that time, it matters if your healing journey is intentional. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Hashtag Minamguzi Chuanuke. If you loved what you heard, make sure you subscribe to Hashtag Minamguzi Chuanuke in your podcast platform of choice and share it with your friends, loved ones, and everyone that you believe is affected by the millennial world around us. Also, feel free to share your insights about what connected with you on social media and be sure to tag us. We are at Hashtag Minamguzi Chuanuke on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter. Our handle is at HTNK Podcast. You can also use the hashtag HTNK Insation. Catch you next week. Ciao.